let's go ahead and get started. Every time. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I know, I'm terrible. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Tori O'Neill here, founder of The Mighty Dames. We're back for another video. This time, we are joined with Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey. So, um, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Uh, sore, but I feel really good. Like, mentally, I feel really good. Awesome. Um, so, let's give everyone a quick um, rundown about you. Let's get your name, your full name, where you train, how long you've been training, you know, the whole spiel. Okay. Um, Samantha Seth, I go by, my uh, fight name is Wolf Queen. Um, I'm, I was seven and four as an amateur fighter, about to make my pro debut. Um, I got WMMA Amateur Fighter of the Year back in 2019. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was, that was an exciting moment in time. Um, I trained at a shell shock BJJ in Fugue Arena, North Carolina. It's near Raleigh. Um, I'm a brown belt in jujitsu and an instructor at the school, and I've been training a little over seven years. Oh, snap. That's awesome. So um, did you start BJJ or MMA first? Uh, I started everything at the same time, which sucked because <laughs> I felt like I was not getting better in the people who were training in one discipline. Um, but I was doing like wrestling, striking, jujitsu, uh, Muay Thai, all at the same time. So what, what made you want to just like, did you come in with the idea like I'm going to do MMA or you were just like, I want to, let's just try something out. Yeah, so since I was like 14 years old, and there's like old stuff that I wrote down, uh, I wanted to be a fighter, but okay. I did so well in school that like everybody was like, oh, go to school, do this, and I was on a full ride uh, up at FSU, so I was like, okay. oh, I guess I go to school, like that's what I'm supposed to do, got my degrees in criminology and psychology, okay. graduated on Friday, started training on that Monday, and have <laughs> used those degrees, so... Awesome. so. You were literally like, oh, no, 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 I got my degree, I just don't need that shit. Yeah, pretty much. I just started training like all day, every single day. Oh, God. <laughs> so you were you were really just like counting down until you could really get into MMA. Well, yeah, I tell people all the time, like I don't half-ass anything I do. I like mm -hmm. always go in fully assed because I'm very, so I'm like, you know, we're going to just like give 100% to whatever I decide to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I decided to do. So were you always planning to get into it? Like, why would you, why did you pick criminology and psychology to major in? Uh, because I'm fascinated with the way people think. Okay. And I was really into like why certain people commit crimes or become serial killers. That was my big thing, like serial killers and stuff. Learned a lot, <laughs> um, but it kept me up for like weeks at a time. You know, I feel like every like middle school kid like I I get it it's like when all those hormones start going you get the you go through this like three-week fascination of serial killers mm -hmm. where you binge it so you just like just be like nah I'm not done with this we must continue yeah it was it was super interesting and uh then I like at one point in time I was gonna go into law but I wanted to do um the type of law that's like all pro bono work it's mostly mm -hmm. like people seeking uh persecution like fleeing their countries from like forced marriages or like female genital mutilation and i was like i'm gonna save the world there's like it's the one form of law that there's like no money in at yeah. all yeah. um but that's the one i was like super intrigued by and uh, i still kind of want to save the world so i'm gonna figure out a way once i'm done fighting to do that you know that's crazy we have that in common i was pre-law and i was set to go to law school and like i want to say like who i was maybe like half a semester from graduating I was like fuck I don't want to go to law school I don't want I don't want to do this and I tried to change my major and then my um advisor looked at me like I was absolutely insane I said no you're gonna keep this we're just gonna float you up you'll just stay for your master's 
buy yourself some time but like no I wanted to be a lawyer or I was going to go into criminal justice like I was like this is it I'm gonna serve the people and then I was like "Mm, I don't have to run in my current career goal so (laughs) we're gonna go this instead (laughs) I feel that okay so you say you've been training about seven years and you just jumped in and did all of them at once do you have a discipline that you like like you prefer Um, I prefer when I can incorporate all of the MMA because (laughs) I really like, you know, some people, uh, predominantly like one thing or the other, but I really like, um, working into the clinch from the standup and then working my wrestling to get them to the ground. And then once we're on the ground using jujitsu to start throwing like elbows to the face. Gotcha. So So you like to be able to create that flow. Yeah. And that's like all I've been working on lately is trying to work that flow. Cause, uh, most women are really good at it because they have like good movement in their hips, but Mm -hmm. I'm like very like boxy like rock'em sock'em robot so I'm always trying to be like like because they're always like stop leading with your dick Sam and I'm like lady. oh that's awesome it's funny because um I started out like I got into jujitsu after watching MMA and like I knew I wasn't gonna get punched I was like fuck all this all this hitting shit that's not for me um but I noticed very early on you'd see a lot of girls in I mean you see a lot of men too but in, in women's jujitsu like they would come from Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu and everything else was like we'll see what we'll we'll see what happens in these disciplines so it's it's cool that you started like I'm doing all of it from the jump I don't have a, a super great base in one way especially like something like Muay Thai and um Jiu Jitsu it seems like those are such ends of the spectrum that it completely throws you yeah, and it's, like, fighting's so against our instincts. Like, we all have, like, terrible instincts when it comes to fighting. Like, mm-hmm. most people, if you get punched, like, they'll turn away. It's, like, something you have to train yourself to not do. Me? Yeah. I am that person. They're, like, how do you get used to getting hit in the face? I'm, like, you, you just have to get hit more. Like, that's the only <laughs> way, and that's a terrible way to learn. It's, like, a mama bird shoving, like, the birds out the nest. Like, it's, it's like, the only way. Like, it always sucks, but you just stop noticing it as much. Yeah, you really have to want to do it. Like, I was talking to my coach about it. I'm like, man, fuck all these people who are like, fighting sounds so fun. It is not fun. Like, my tra- it is not fun. My training is not fun. But I just really want to do it. Well, it's funny. I think a lot of things what happen is because, like, you have a sport like jujitsu, which is, like, such a high participatory rate, and everyone gets in that jujitsu mentality. Like, man, let's try this fighting thing. And then I think what a lot of people forget is that, like, even at the elite levels of jujitsu to really commit to it it's it's a it's a career it's a full job you have to invest a lot of time into it and you you see i know you've probably seen it at your gyms i've seen it at my gym we're we're a jujitsu gym when they have to turn it up to that just like one tick above you know just a hobby they're gone yep (laughs) It's, it's so true um i mean it's tough it is it's super tough but I tell people all the time, they're like, how do you stay so disciplined with your training and weight cuts? I'm like, you're motivated by one, like you get paid Two, mm-hmm. you're also motivated by the fact that like, if I don't hurt you, you're probably going to hurt me because MMA, that's the one difference between a fight versus jujitsu is uh, even in jujitsu competitions, I'm always like, oh, shoot, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it's like the nicest brutality of jujitsu. It's like, we really it try is. to kill you, but it's like, oh 
my God, like lift their legs up. Let's make sure they're okay. Right? Like how many people do you become friends with that you've competed against? Like it happens all the time. Legit all but one. And you know, fuck her. But like. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, friends, friends, friends. Fuck that bitch. Friends, friends. You know, it's funny. Cause like, especially women, like within the sport, we can be like either great or just complete, just terrible. And um, it seems like no matter how friendly and polite you are, there's all you, there's always one person who hates you. Yeah. I don't. I was I was truly baffled to find out that someone like legit did not like me, couldn't stand me, did not want to see like they actively avoided me. I was like, what the fuck. Okay, cool. <laughs> fuck you too, then. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know, just just let it slide yeah um so i had i wanted to talk to you because you're not what we call a traditional dame you're a little bit on the you're on the smaller end of the spectrum so what do you what weight do you fight at um the smallest one at adam weight it's 105 i (laughs) that's not funny but that's like (laughs) that's almost like three of me i mean i know that's fight weight but like i'm sitting there thinking like I'm also like f- like barely five feet tall. Okay, well, yeah, there's there's that too. Yeah. Um, so which one would you say is? What do you compete at when you do jujitsu? Um, I don't really cut for jujitsu. I do uh the up to one eighteen in the gi. Okay. Um, and then uh, so it's like a couple pounds. Okay. Um, but I've competed honestly like last year or not last year at purple belt. I think I won more competitions at heavyweight because I'm just man like fuck these people that are like don't compete i'm like i'll always compete and like step up so people have matches and like the people i that's a i think how i ended up in in the mighty james group was because i was like sticking up for somebody that said like she overheard people saying she only won because she was bigger than them and i was like fuck those people i got so (laughs) mad i was literally like no like because i hate that excuse because like everybody's Mm -hmm. bigger than me and i like who cares? Like, get yeah. better at jujitsu. And I was like, how dare you take away someone else's win? I get so mad at that. Like, I'll oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. I, that's, that's my number one pet peeve. Cause I'm on the, I'm on the top end of super heavy. Like I'm a big girl. I'm a, I'm a thick, I'm a thick, I'm a solid person. So like, <laughs> even the girls in super heavyweight, like, fuck, here comes Tori. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I actually like that, that you, you've floated up to compete at higher um at higher weights because we see that that's the one good thing about jujitsu is like you no one is telling you to cut weight here just kind of go wherever you go but um we do see that a lot that um when you hit like when you hit about that 160 range that's when i see people trying to cut to keep it down they don't want to go up to those bigger weight classes which yeah especially because like um you know certain divisions like it's like oh 175 and up like there's no cap um but what i tell you know like like, who cares? Just compete. See, I think the good thing about me doing MMA is I'm not as worried about jujitsu. Like, I mm-hmm. leave my ego outside of it. And if I feel like I'm in danger at all, even if it might not be from a submission, just, like, from a weird position or something, like, I'll tap. And <laughs> you won't see me walking around be like, oh, well, she only got that because she was big. No, like, why'd I let her get on top? Like, you know? There you like go. Okay. So you think that MMA has definitely, like, kept you somewhat humble in the other disciplines that, like you learn kind of quickly, like, shit, if they got it, they got it. Yeah, yeah, that and, like, you know, having to train with, like, uh, the gym I had started at, it was all, like, massive guys, and, like, guys' strength is so much different than female strength, and, like, you feel it in Mm jujitsu. and then uh, 
you know, people were nice to me at the beginning. Then once you start getting some skill, people are not so nice to you. They don't care. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, I probably get humbled in the gym, like at least three times a day, every day, plus at home too. So like, you know, so I asked you before we started the interview, like on average, how much do you train in a day? Like now I know you're not, you're not preparing for a fight. Are you? And then, well, there might be an announcement. Okay, never, never mind. We'll keep that. We'll keep that on the hush. But let's say, hypothetically, if you were training for a fight, which we're not saying that you are, um, <laughs> how much would you be training, like, in a day? Um. So, depending on the day, it could be anywhere from like three to six or seven hours a day but different stuff not all, like not continuously straight through mm-hmm. and not the same thing all day like I did um just some standard striking stuff this morning but it was more like footwork and drill stuff mm-hmm. and then tonight I'll do some wrestling and then I'll do some full-on MMA so it's you know and then I like work strength and conditioning in explosive movements some heavy lifts some lighter lifts uh, it just kind of depends on the day I try to mix it up as much as possible so that I'm not just like a one-trick pony Gotcha. Do you ever have times like when, like, I set alarms for when I need to like get up and do, I have to set alarms to eat because I'll forget. But like, do you ever like look at the clock like, fuck. All right, let's go to Muay Thai. Like, how do you like, what is that thing that like, when you're like, I am done, I don't want to do this anymore. What drives you just like, okay, next practice. Um, Probably like that little voice inside my head that's like, is your opponent taking a rest day? Mm. You know, stuff like that. Or um, I try to set a good example for like my partner's kids and stuff like that. I don't want them to see, you know, like, oh, well, she doesn't do anything. So like, I cannot do anything. You know, I'm like, gotcha. Do things. And then I'm also uh, a, like a bit OCD, like actually. <laughs> and like, I literally like plan out everything, like almost down to the minute. But it helps me um, like feel in control. Like it's very soothing to me. Okay. Okay. No, I, I, as someone who literally has one, two, three planners, I get the need to micromanage. Same, same. <laughs> I planners, same. Well, see, now I have like, I have like a month planner that I got, which I love. And then I forgot that I have a detailed like day by day planner. And then I forgot that I also keep one on my phone. So it's like cross-checking everything. Yeah, I have, I have like the exact same like between laptop phone and then a written one. Um, but I mean, I, I do that with everything. I have like a like 200 page recipe book almost that's organized in like 16 different categories. My spice rack is alphabetized. I organize my fridge by like ethnicity. So like I have like all the American <laughs> condiments at top, like ketchup, mustard, mayo, and then like the Asian, the Italian, the Hispanic, like, but now I can find everything. So. <laughs> can I say like, when you, the one thing about America that really makes that like really gives me a good chuckle is you realize how basic America is when you look at any any other like you go to any other ethnic like food aisle restaurant and then you realize like our thing is like Americana is like burgers. Yeah, my my the American shelf is the smallest one because it's literally just like ketchup, mustard, mayo, and like that, and everything else. There's like a thousand different condiments on every other shelf my spice rack is literally like two huge shelves full oh yeah I oh my gosh like being like that we're in the pandemic like I've had to cook more but I realized like the basic things that I'm cooking like I can't keep eating them so I've been like exploring different flavors and all that and like for most of my life this is going to sound dumb I'm aware what I'm going to (laughs) say 
it's going to sound stupid. For most of my life, I was convinced that paprika was bullshit. I refused to believe it did not have a taste. It was purely for color. There was nothing, there was nothing positive about it. And then I got smoked paprika and my whole damn life changed. I was like, oh. Oh, good. Or like, I'm finding out now that a lot of people didn't know what like tahine was. And like in Mm -hmm. Miami, they put that on everything, like fruit and like uh, savory foods. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, y'all don't know about tahine. Oh my gosh. I I got one of the rotating spices, spice racks now. Mm So the problem is now I have to get another one for all my other stuff. But like it used to have, you know, again, American basics, you know, especially like black people, American basics. I had my seasoning, salt, my lemon pepper, you know, my garlic. I had all that's a lot of fucking salt. Now that I think about it. And now, <laughs> now I'm looking, I was like, Ooh, what do we want to try today? Like, Ooh, do we have cumin? I'm like looking at all these things that like, I just didn't try because if you make typical American food, you don't really need anything besides salt, pepper, and an onion. I never realized how spoiled I was growing up in Miami and like trying so many different flavors and foods. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, probably my biggest accomplishment is that I uh, introduced the kids to all these like new flavors and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. It is funny when you have, um, when kids get out of that picky stage, you know, they don't want to eat everything and they're yeah. actually open to it. They're like, what's that? Can I have a taste? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a little. I like that. That's good. Um, right, it's the best. And my house always smells so good. Like that's the best part. When did you move from Miami? Um, about seven years ago when I started oh. training because I lived in Miami, went to school in Tallahassee at Florida State, mm-hmm. and then you're just like I'm done with Florida. Yeah. Oh, I had to get out. So you're so you born and bred Florida person? And then I was actually born in New York. Okay. And um, lived in New York and New Jersey until I was a little over nine years old, almost ten, and then moved to. Uh, South. Okay. Probably adolescent, teenage Sammy Miami years. <laughs> Sammy Miami. Um, <laughs> look, like I tell everyone who hasn't lived in Florida, like Florida's a very weird Southern state because mm-hmm. we're very, we're very much the South, but like depends on where you go. Yeah, they say like once you go past Orlando, like it's different. <laughs> it's complete. Well, it's funny because like, so I live in Central Florida. I live right in the middle, so I live like forty minutes north of Orlando. So it's like the Orlando Strip is one thing. Miami's a whole different state. I don't care what anyone says. Like that's a whole thing. And then you go oh, to yeah. Orlando. And then you have Tampa. And then anything like above, you start getting above Orlando. It's like straight country. Yep. that's where the country part is everything up there because that's where you get that's where you get all the florida man things from (laughs) it's from that little area yeah in miami the only like florida man things you get is like the people who are like messed up off of like pcp (laughs) like like, really designer random drugs that you've yeah wasn't like the whole bath salt thing wasn't that down yeah where like the dude ate that woman's face yeah that was miami And oh. I was like, oh, yeah, I grew up right around the corner from there. <laughs> you know, I used to get offended with when they say the Florida man things. I was like, we're not that bad. And then, um, especially with everything that's been happening lately, and I've been looking at them, you know, you're part of like the word of mouth pages of your city or whatever. And mm-hmm. I see the stuff that people put. It's like, wow, I take it all back. Yep, true. This is, this is some Florida man shit we're seeing right here. Um so how have you and your family been coping with the whole COVID tied in with like extreme civil, oh, like 
like everyone going crazy and everyone's like um, protesting? Has it like touched your family a little differently? And then, so we were lucky that we have mats here and I live mm-hmm. with my coach, you know? Yeah. So we got to train here when everything was like super, super locked down, like shut in. Um, I would have actually done this interview from up in that mat room, but John still has to work from home and like the office is up there too. Gotcha. Um, but I definitely feel for a lot of people who are like struggling without that outlet. Like a lot of people um, still can't train in gyms. A lot of gyms aren't open or they're living with immunocompromised people. So mm-hmm. they have to be a little bit more careful. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel like the effects of like being shut in. Yeah. Um, even, even like, um, because I like, I live by myself. So like that was a level of, and I'm, I consider myself a homebody who likes their private time. Like who likes, I like my Tory time. And even I have like hit my fucking limit. Like I was like, I'm almost sick of myself at this point. But then I just enjoy having like goals to work towards. Mm -hmm. And when everything was shut down, like, you know, IBJJF canceled everything for the year. And I felt so lucky that at the beginning of the year, I competed so much practically every single weekend. And Mm -hmm. I already had two fights at the beginning of the year. Okay. Um, Because I was like, man, if I didn't do that, like I'd be, you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say my identity relies on me competing, but like, it is a big chunk of that. Yeah. And I'm definitely one of those people, like I enjoy structure and rigidity, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm so if I have goals to work towards, yeah. But if there's no goals, like even during the whole shutdown and everything, I was making sure I was still going to bed around the same time, keeping a, a certain eating schedule. Because otherwise I just don't get like good mentally. I'm big mental health awareness mm-hmm. person. And it just, it wouldn't put me in a good place. You are better than me. I just got back on my sleep schedule. I was like, I sleeping though. So like if I, if it wavers even slightly, like I'll be up for days. And that's, ex- I, it starts, it starts with like one hour here and there. And then like next thing you know, I'll look up like, is it three 30? Oh, I'm screwed. I just gotta stay up. I just gotta, stay. and you, everyone thinks like if you stay up, it'll put your, it does not work that way. Nope. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. And I wake up at the exact same time every day, no matter what time I go to bed at. So. Oh, see that I'm getting back to that. That's how it was for me because I'd have to be at work at eight. So I wake up at six 30 every, every day that way I could get a nice little quick jog in and like, I'd, I'd be good to go. But now that is fucking gone. Yeah. Um, how did you get your nickname? I've been, uh, I've been asking people this cause some of them are like not, you're you know you have some really stock you know like the destroyers like pitbull type nickname but how'd you get yours yeah so um mine actually came up because my last name Seth in hebrew i'm jewish mm-hmm. uh, and in hebrew it means wolf and i was okay. always i'm very dramatic so i was always like yes queen <laughs> um so then my coach was like all right wolf queen and then uh my brother is an artist out in savannah and uh i was like begging him to make me a logo and he was, he was working on his master's at the time. He was so busy. And I was like, listen, Jared, this is going to be on everything. And I was like, like, I don't want anybody else to do it. I mean, I have it tattooed on me at the logo. Oh, damn. It. It's like on all my like fight gear, my sports bras, my shorts, mm-hmm. my bag. So, you know, he eventually like he did it for me, but mm-hmm. um, so it's cool because it has, you know, ties to like my heritage. And yeah. Stuff. Well, see, that I can respect. That's that's a pretty cool one. It's actually funny. The last person, Aaron, I spoke to, I was like, how did you get your nickname? She's like, oh, I got it out of a generator. I was like, that is the most random. Like, 
it, I mean, but it worked. I think hers is like brutal Viking. That's but, cool. Oh, but it yeah. works with her jujitsu style. So like, hey, do you, girl? That's awesome. I, yeah, and then um, I think it's cool because my last name Seth means wolf, but on my mom's side, her mom's maiden name was actually Wolf. So mm. it's like on both sides. So, oh, so yeah, that's my bubby. And she gets, she hates tattoos, but she gets really excited that it's wolf stuff because that was her last name. So, so she's yeah. like, looking like, oh no, like, oh, that one's nice. I like that yeah. tattoo. Yeah, well, so in the, in Jewish heritage, like the older women are very like guilt centric. And then she'll just look at me and she'll be like, your arm's hideous. Your hair is terrible. But I like that wolf tattoo. <laughs> I, I love so. you cued your New York accent. Oh, that's how she talks. And it's so like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, ooh, my feelings, but now it's just hilarious. Oh, definitely. I, um, like, I don't know if you know what it's like to grow up in, like, a Southern Baptist, but guilt, it's a foundation of what keeps the family together. So, um, when I first started gauging my ears, my mom's like, what is this? What are you doing? No one's gonna take you seriously like this. You gotta take these out. No, you can't wear them. Um, I tried three times to gauge my ears through high school. She threw all my tapers away. So <laughs> as soon as I got into college, I started gauging and, and, um, I'm not even that big, but every time she looks at, looks at it and disappoints, she's like, but I got new earrings. They're like gold. Hey. Oh, they're nice. Yeah. So of course, oh, those are pretty. Those are not, cause they're a little bit more fit. I, like, I like these. Don't wear the other ones with the big holes in it. Like, yeah, that's like, definitely like my grandma. She looks at me and she was like, I like the blue hair better. <laughs> They're like low-key savages though, right? Like grandmothers. Oh, savages. Like, it, I think it's like having to raise their kids in like whatever situation that they had it in and they reach, and you know what? I'm truly waiting to hit this fuck it point of my life where they can cut you down so quickly, but you, you're kind of hurt, but you, it's also hilarious. So you don't know how to feel about it. Oh my God. It's so funny to me now. I just like start because it's always, it's always at me. Like she's so <laughs> nice to like John and the kids. So I'm like, oh, this is great. She's like, oh, you look beautiful. You look this. And she'll look at me. Oh, Samantha, you look like a woman today. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks. Thanks, Bubby. Love you too. That's like your worth. Like, oh, how is she going to take, you know, my, my husband, my, um, you're married. And then, well, domestic partners. Domestic partners, like, how are they going to take him and the kids? Let's see. He's like, oh, no, I love them. He's like, you could do better. You can yeah. put yourself together. Yeah, she, she asked me if, uh, if uh, he still loved me with my shaved head. And I was like, well, I hope so, because my hair's been like this for six years, so. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's not awesome. That's hilarious. Oh, it's so oh, funny. Oh, my God. So um, one of the things that once you started coming in, you were in the dames and um, – you know, we try to keep the, the group really inclusive of every, anybody size, but I saw that you did a blog and we kept, I kept reading different ones of it. So like, what encouraged you to start a blog and how long um, have you been doing it? So about two years now. And yeah. it started because uh, I would just like write stuff here and there. Um, and growing up, I won a ton of like writing contests and poetry contests, mm -hmm. but I guess I kind of just, you know, never really like believed in it and then John one day was like you're such a good writer like you really need to start doing this like you'll reach a lot of people mm -hmm. and then there was a local friend he's out in Bellingham uh right now Bellingham BJJ and he was like hey I'll start a blog site for you because I'm technologically illiterate <laughs> and he saw me trying to log on to the zoom meeting multiple times it's okay um, it's okay 
So he set it up and I started a thing like I like to keep to a schedule. So every Tuesday I do blog day Tuesdays and I love having them blog because it gives me a chance to like really I've talked about, you know, like mental health or like feeling like insecure with the way I look. I talked about I have like a whole blog like dedicated to like Black Lives Matters. I have mm-hmm. a whole blog dedicated to gay rights. I have a whole blog dedicated to like telling people that they can take their opinion and shove it up their buttholes if they're like, you know. That's cool. Um, all right. So two of the two of the topics from that I want to talk about is um, that insecurity thing. You know, a big thing about the Mighty Dames we like to talk about um, having not just positive body image, but like self compassion, and really trying to trying to give yourself cut yourself some slack. So have you? Is that something that you've? What has it been like? What has it been your relationship now with having either anxiety? or, you know, self-esteem issues, or have you had to play that little balancing act? Um, Definitely. My biggest thing for a while was, like, I put such pressure on myself to be perfect at things, and then there was a lot of things, like, not only just with fighting, which I would get upset when I can't get, you know, something I'm practicing, like, right away, but obviously it takes practice, but even, like, uh, coming into, like, a parenthood role, and I was like, oh, John makes this look so easy. Turns out it is not easy. (laughs) God, it's not easy at all. It's so hard. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I keep trying and that's the thing there. And then, uh, you know, when you're in the spotlight, like I say all the time, if I was actually famous, I would always turn my comments off on everything. Mm-hmm. Because, man, people are like brutal. And it used to really get to me. I'm a lot more confident. I think now with who I am as a person mm-hmm. that it doesn't get to me as much, but I would get comments all the time. on like my appearance, like just constantly people like picking apart, like the littlest things. And then, uh, my whole like big dick energy movement actually started off of a fight poster where somebody was like, oh, beat that man's ass. And I was like, oh, I'm big enough to look like a man. I was like so happy. Was, like, oh, does that mean I'm ripped? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my God, I wanted to be big my whole life. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so it turned into like this whole, and now I constantly get tagged in anything related to a penis. Yes. Which is, like, I'm so happy that that's what I'm known for. Um, so like people will, tag me and I have like a pair of pants that say like stop looking at my dick um somebody sent me a shirt that said racism is little dick energy so it's like all this <laughs> stuff uh and I was like man I'm I'm living for this and you know people still they'll call me like a man or stuff like that that doesn't get to me somebody called me a boy once that upset me because I'm grown like I'm a grown yeah. ass and not not a little boy like <laughs> yeah like, like, come on, get, like, give me my... Like, at least put some respect on my age, bitch. That's what I said. I, saw, I, I immediately was, like, kept posting the the meme where it's, like, put some respect on my name. Like, yeah. Was, like, that's so dumb. I love that, like, that's one of the things that I notice is, like, no matter what, I look at you, it's, like, big dick energy, big dick energy, BDE, BDE. And I was, like, what the fuck is going on here? And I saw the pants, and I laugh for a solid two minutes because like I could just and we've never met before this like we we've never met but like I yeah. can see you wearing the pants just walking around smiling like yep yeah I'm always in like a such a great mood when I get to wear my my dick stuff <laughs> that's awesome like all the things like you've you've competed multiple times you're a brown belt you've graduated from college you're known for the dicks Yep, exactly. <laughs> I was like, out of everything, like, I was like, that's what I'm gonna get known for, and it's great. And I'm like, my, my garden keeps producing, like, really phallic-shaped vegetables. Oh my god, I saw the, um, was it, what was it, was it an eggplant or a... Japanese eggplant. 
I'm like the the universe is just like telling you like yeah we're gonna lean onto this we're just gonna keep going yeah. and, and a 15 inch zucchini it's like a monster <laughs> zucchini that's like just perfect just like yeah like, it's just meant to be when you saw it grow and you're like oh yeah here we go yeah that, yeah pretty much <laughs> Um, the second thing you mentioned from your blog is like you were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and a little bit about the social injustice that's been going on. Um, you, like me, we, it's funny, we've seen a lot of people within the jujitsu and even the MMA sphere. Um, some have spoken out, but a lot more have been quiet. Why do you feel like you, as you're, you're white, why do you feel like you shouldn't say anything about it or why do you think it's important to speak out about it? Um, because all that needed for evil to triumph is for good men to sit around and do nothing. I think being complicit and stuff is almost more detrimental than, uh, like being an outright instigator. Um, just because I feel like if you're not speaking out against things, you're low key saying like that you're okay with it. Not only are you okay with it, but you know, one of these days, somebody's going to attack you for something and nobody's going to speak out for you. Like, is that okay? You know, so my whole thing is don't let me see people treat anybody badly in front of me like I'll ooh, that makes me <laughs> it's um yeah I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because it seems like a lot of people um take the Black Lives Matter movement they take it personally like it's a slight against them or something like that or they feel like it's doesn't it doesn't speak for them or to them. So they don't have to be quiet. I mean, they can be quiet. It's not very important. So thank you for speaking out because it hits differently when, you know, when I talk about Black Lives Matter versus versus you talk to someone about Black Lives Matter and how they're going to perceive it. I will always be perceived as being a little bit more biased than if someone white talks about it. And yeah, and it's the same thing with, um, you know, because I am white, I don't want to, like, tell people how they should feel, or, mm -hmm. like, some people take it too far and start, like, talking, and I'm like, well, like, you can easily speak up for injustices without, like, making it about you as well, yeah. like, you know, I'm like, uh, it's, it's the I white savior thing, <laughs> yeah, like, I know, I know my place to speak up for, like, injustices, but I also know my place to not uh, insert my two cents when I'm like, well, if I haven't been personally affected, I could say that this is wrong, but I can't say what it did to me because it didn't. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, see, and I think that's that fine balance that people are, that need, people need to like learn how to walk that like you can be an ally and you can support without like trying to take over. You saw this a lot with like the feminist movement of, like a couple of years back when we got like a lot of men coming out. I, I, I like, said the exact same thing the other <laughs> week. <laughs> like, we're male feminists, male feminists. And we're like, Low-key, glad to have you. You can't take a leadership role here because you're doing exactly, you see, like, you see what you're doing here, right? But you saw a lot of, like, male feminists start to, like, create groups. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's not for you, but... I'm just like, just be a good person, man. Like, just, like, You think do it's the so right simple. <laughs> like, it, it really is. Just, like, do the right thing. Have a little compassion and empathy towards your fellow human being. And, you know, like, think about the type of impact you want to leave in the world. Do you want, like, the children in your life to see you acting like that or to see you thinking that that's okay? You know, it's the stuff like that. It's the same thing with, like, the whole um, De La Riva thing that came out and, like, uh, I'm very lucky that a lot of the instructors in the area mm -hmm. and like our local community, man, like people really like, you know, 
made comments and mm-hmm. and let it be known that stuff like that's not okay but you've seen in how many groups like women talking about situations that they and i'm like does your coach not say anything like this would never happen at yeah my academy. not just because you know i'm with the instructor but like he we didn't even he wasn't even my instructor when we first started dating like i was training somewhere else until mm-hmm. a year of us being together before i like mm-hmm. switched over to a student because even he says like all the time like if I had been a student beforehand, like we would never be together. Cause that's no matter what way you look at it, it's like a leadership role versus yeah. like somewhat subservient role. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't start a relationship like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's, isn't it weird that like, I, I'm probably going to go on a tangent too, but I think, <laughs> I think you're going to wait, r- like ride the same wavelength as me. Um, I've been listening to like a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different content and all that shit. Cause I had nothing but time. And one of the things they were talking about is like, we see a lot of people talk about cancel culture, like how they hate cancel culture, but like, can you even be canceled in BJJ or MMA? Cause it seems like we let a lot of slip, like a lot of shit slide and then actually bash people for speaking out against it. Yeah, it's, it's true. Cause people that think of like, you know, like, oh, well this person's a legend and they did so much like, okay, they're still a shitty person. And no, like I'm, like I said, I'm very lucky that the local area was like, mm, no, even uh, one of the guys from our school was like, hey, what are we going to call this guard instead? Yeah. You know, like people, I'm surrounded by good people and I feel mm-hmm. very fortunate for that. But I also would never have began training with people or at a school that I was like, uh, you know, I don't feel like a hundred percent, like this mm-hmm. would be conducive to the atmosphere. It's crazy because I do think that like we have come a long way. I'm gonna talk like I've been in here for a long time, but like there's been <laughs> progress in getting women into the sport that we perceive that as like, look, we're here, it's all good. But a lot of people do have to ignore a lot of stuff or just put up with it. And um, I think the main comments that I saw were like, well, that doesn't happen in our gym, therefore it doesn't happen. Oh, that, I hate that. I right? hate that. I feel like that's the mentality for like every other thing that's going on. Like it doesn't happen to me. Therefore it clearly doesn't exist. That's 100% the mentality of everything that's going on. And it's like, they're like, oh, well, I haven't seen it personally. So like, it must not be true. Like, Like, you can be skeptical of things you don't see personally, Mm -hmm. but you also have to like value the things that you're hearing and take it in and maybe learn from it. But you know, I guess that's asking too much from. And then you have some people, it's like, Bitch, you've seen this shit and you still don't believe it. You're, you're deciding to turn a blind eye towards. Everybody does. I mean, look at you know in Hollywood, everybody turned a blind eye to. Apparently, there's like thousands embroiled in this whole like sex trafficking ring. And like, oh man, one of one of the guys from my gym, like I love him. Me and him are getting like so into because he's like all these people commenting on Will and Jada, but like nobody's commenting on like the whole thing. I was like, oh my god, thank you, preach. Okay, can we just say about the whole Will and Jada thing? Like these are two grown ass people. That's what I'm saying. And they made like grown ass people doing their relationship. Like some of these people act like y'all have never been a side girl. Y'all never had a side piece. Like don't yeah, pretend like all y'all been one and, and you lie about it. I'm so like, like we're not there like you know like who am I to comment on strangers lives that doesn't you know what I'm saying like, like their relationship from years back for anybody. Like, yep it's I I get the people who are like uh, fascinated with like celebrities but I always thought it was just I thought it was so weird how many people like oh my gosh they betray 
they don't owe you shit. That goes back to like the jujitsu legends and like these big names. You have like certain grapplers who are coming out too saying dumb shit. It's like they don't owe you shit and you don't owe them shit. Like kill this, like these idolizing of people. Cause at the end of the day, they are just people who happen to have a talent. Exactly. I'm just waiting on all these people to get fucking arrested for sex trafficking because oh my god, makes me so mad. I had I'm no like. Stupid. It seemed like I was just because I I have to go offline for a, like periods of time, um, for my own sanity, and then like boom, I jumped on. It was like Will and Jada, um, the girl from Glee passing, child sex ring. I was like, what the fuck, 2020. Yeah. Like, no, I, that's what I said. I was like, man, it's been a weird, just a weird year, you know, like even like, I used, like, even like the celebrity deaths, like not, it's been like weird, like shocking deaths. I'm yeah, like, like, I just saw like the woman who wrote the magic school bus died. <gasps> no, right? aren't they doing like a live action movie? Like I'm so in there for Miss Frizzle. I'm so sorry to crush your thing, but the, yeah, the one who wrote the book, she just passed away like two or three days ago. And like, it's not like it's something that like. I've thought about, but I work with early literacy. So I'm like, now I'm going to be like cleaning these, looking at these books, but like, mm. oh, she's gone. Dude, it's, I love Miss Frizzle because she like made it cool to be weird and like, yeah, know about science. And I'm like, oh, Miss Frizzle gave no fucks. Yes, I loved her. <laughs> Came there with the iguana in her hair. Right? Oh my God. Yes. There is all, you know, I look back at like a lot of um, like cartoons and stuff that I watched earlier. Some of it, like some things do not age well. Like a lot of movies from the eighties do not age well, but like <laughs> they age terribly also. But like a lot of stuff from like cartoons that I've been watching, I was like, whoa, that's actually low key, like highly progressive. Yeah. Like the Rugrats, like they had like the two moms in there. One, I didn't realize like she has the feminist logo on her shirt the entire time. Yeah, and, and you the, never even, like, realize it until years later. I was talking about that the other day with Hey Arnold, and I was saying how yeah. that was super progressive. And as a kid, I didn't even, like, think about it. And then, like, mm-hmm. I rewatched it years later, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, there's, like, interracial relationships. Yeah. Like, he's living with his grandparents, like, they mm-hmm. and they normalized it. So, like, I didn't even think of anything being weird about it. And that goes back to the same thing. It's like, we, we do a lot of things. We're like, oh, but the children. The children don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> unbothered by any of it like also when you look back at the rugrats you're like oh my god these children should have been taken away from these parents this is clearly yeah. endangerment in every fucking like, how do they get out every time like you think of the plausibility like the, i remember i remember distinctly when the rugrats movie came out because we went to theaters like we were fucking ready but then you stop and think about it, like wait a minute so you're telling me that five little white babies were left in the jungle and survived and then also, like, Tommy legit tried to kill his brother by, like, pouring bananas on him and letting the monkeys take him. Like, he had it up. He was almost like, fuck you, kid. He was like, yeah. nah, take this pacifier. And they like, what the hell? <laughs> but it was still like, a, like, they had, like, Susie on there. And their family was, like, it was a two-parent Black household that were both successful. You had, like, Angelica's mom was, like, a strong businesswoman type. And she wasn't like all the people in there were like really even like Dee Dee wasn't she like a housewife or something but she wasn't like a pushover or anything so it was like low key yeah. like you're right. right though it was it was a good little thing so everyone watch more cartoons the 90s wasn't as, wasn't that bad it was pr- it's pretty dope um, 
Okay, so I think we went over a lot of stuff. Um, wait a minute, you talked about, so your domestic partner, he teaches at the, he owns the gym? Yeah, so he's a, he's the black belt instructor there. He won um, Masters Worlds as a brown belt. Um, and he's one of my main corner coaches in my corner, which um, like, I don't envy his job at all. It's like super great when I come off of win and like I've won two title belts with him, but he's also been there when I've been like, absolutely like destroyed Mm -hmm. and like that's got to be hard to watch the person you love like get beat in the face and like Mm -hmm. be bleeding everywhere um but he's he's a really good person like it's his birthday today too oh happy birthday (laughs) so i can't i can't say enough good things about him because uh i like he's honestly the best and then um i'm really lucky i have such good coaches everywhere like my main striking coach josh robinson he's awesome because he's like smaller too so Mm -hmm. i can follow a lot of that technique and he's got so much knowledge um and i'm always like josh is also like he's a really good person and like you know sometimes people take advantage of like really good people so i always let him know like i will not take advantage of him he's like he deserves like really good things to happen to him Mm -hmm. um and then because our the local area is so good here with people willing to help out there's another guy, Trevor Hayes, who's at a boxing gym, who's been working with me a lot on my striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always getting girls for me to train with. His girlfriend, Talia's like been getting really into training. So she's been working with me a lot. And then um, Hannah Cyphers is pretty local. She's in the oh, yeah, UFC, yeah. yeah, she's strawweight. Um, and we work with each other a lot on our camps. Um, and her coaches, uh, Tiago Silva and uh, Joel Garcia, they work with me a lot. We get a bunch of girls coming into the area. So it's like a really good community where I can get in a lot of training and people so willing to help. But, you know, of course I'm biased and I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah like the best team in the world, best team in the world, best coaches. But, but yeah, no, that seems like you have a really good positive environment around you. And especially at a time like this, that's like critical to like just, just keeping your spirits up. Yeah, it definitely is. Cause uh, like uh, John and I talked about that too, with uh, we were saying like with the whole shutdown going on, like, people are probably spending more time together and learning maybe Mm -hmm. they don't like the person they're with so much they have like very differing like either like political views based on Mm -hmm. like the fires or like the protests or stuff like that and I'm like man I was like I'm so lucky that we are very similar in our thought process and like I was like yeah if anything I was like I just learned that I love you even more and like we're Mm -hmm. good together but I was like, man, there's got to be a lot of people that are like, mm, this person's not for me. Well, it's funny because like I do a, on my personal Facebook, I do a thing like once a month, like, hey, ask me a question about anything. And they, uh, I want to say it was like in May, May or like late May. They're like, what's, what's one of your biggest regrets this year? It's like, oh, I dated a Trump supporter. And then I was sitting there thinking, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? I was like, well, you know, they were a Trump supporter, but I, I took it in the vein of like, it wasn't, they weren't like a Trump mascot, because like, you know how they are. Yeah. And then I stopped and really thought about it. I was like, oh no, you were, you were blinded by hotness, because this was like, what the fuck were you thinking? And then like, you know how like sometimes you go down a, a rabbit hole that isn't real, but you, it's still funny? So I was like, what if I continued to date this Trump supporter and we were in, we were currently like in isolation together. Like what the fuck would that be? Like well, someone would have to leave, but like well, whose house? Are we? I literally went through this whole logic that came down to like, can I date someone who is that politically opposed to me? It's like, it can't, I, I, feel like I should be able to, but am I that evolved? No, I am not. <laughs> yeah. To me, like there's certain things like you got to be more, there's hard, hard lines. 
Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my, and like every day I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky. (laughs) Oh God. I never thought that like politics would be such a hard, a harder, like, it's like, it was a line, but lately it's been like, we've been drawn under lit, like circling, like we can't, I don't know. And it's not even a, um, a Democrat, Republican or independent thing. Cause I feel like, cause I come from like, it's a misconception, but like a lot of black people are very conservative. So I have plenty of Republicans in my family and like, oh I know but I'm a Republican but like you know like I'm used to I realize how it sounds like, like I'm used to conservative values being in the south but like I realized there's a my line is when conservative jumps to Trump <laughs> then I was like nah yeah and that's what the you know you got to find that compatibility yeah I, see you know looks will blind you to a lot of ignorant shit until you really stop and think about it I was just talking about that yesterday too and you realize people are like they're not as witty or they're kind of like you know just like not on the same page intellectually and um that first time I feel like that first time you have an in-depth conversation with someone beyond the cute stuff like something that's real and you literally you really hear what they're saying knowing that they're being 100% serious this is not a joke this isn't like ha 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 first second date thing and you hear them you're like <laughs> oh no Oh, honey. (laughs) We're good. And check. Um, So, um, I did want to talk to you quickly about like MMA stuff. Like, so with everything that's going on right now, like there was every all sports like shut down. And then we got like, now we're like blasted with MMA. Are you like catching all of these? Are you watching a lot more MMA than you used to? Or are you just like, eh, when it comes on? Yeah, no, I'm definitely watching more. (laughs) Like, uh, and because they're constantly coming out too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see, like you can watch the fights and see, like you can tell when people are taking stuff on short notice. Yeah. Keeping up with the training because it's exhausting. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, I was always trying to stay ready because there was like an exemption for like uh, pro athletes were allowed to train. Yeah. Um, and especially because there were some promotions uh, at first, it was just the UFC, but other promotions are opening back up and mm-hmm. stuff now. So I was like, oh, man. Like, and then I went through a period where I was, like, panicking. I was like, what if I get a call from, like, a really big promotion? And I'm hey, not going to be ready. Week. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, time to get ready. Well, it's funny because, like, I, I'm a person who, like, like I said, I came into jujitsu because I was an MMA person. Like, and I was, like, a WEC MMA person. Like, I didn't fuck with UFC for years. And um, WEC was great. We had Miguel Oh, Ford, my, oh my God like WC never die that was like the shit like and I yeah, started it was watching amazing it. I started watching it like I think when it was like Jose Aldo's like first or second fight in the organization that's when I started watching I'm like what the fuck is this yeah I'm was- in um which is why I'm like uh I'm a Jose Aldo mark like he can do no wrong to me he can do it yeah you sound like me because like somebody was like why do you why are you pulling for him this fight and I was like because I watched him forever yes <laughs> man the biggest like crushing thing is like when you watch sports for so long and you see because like realistically like your prime in MMA is not unless you're a fucking heavyweight and you can just fight forever like there's a small window of when you can really be hyper competitive especially in that like 145 150 you know 170 mm-hmm. range of men that's like hyper competitive and like he was so good for so, like did you not see when he double need cups 
You don't yeah, get it. He, he's <laughs> like, one of the ghosts for sure. But like Miguel Torres, I remember that. And like Brian Bowles. And like I remember watching all these fights. Yeah, like, when Miguel was at our school, like I, I took privates with him and it was right before my title fight and I won my title fight. Hey. And was like, I think a lot of the stuff he showed me because he was what a freaking plethora of knowledge. <laughs> like dang. That's um like, but besides that, like I don't watch jujitsu. I've tried, can't do it. I know <laughs> there is value in it, but like, I can't watch. Besides, like little kids doing jujitsu because they're fucking hilarious. Um, but anything at the higher, anything like purple belt and up, some purple belt, but like purple belt and up is when we start playing the game. But anything yeah, above that, I can't watch it. It's like. Every now and then you get a fun one, but like at that point, everyone's defense is so rock solid. Yeah, I know what you mean. But like MMA is like, ah, but you know, someone else can get punched in the face. So yeah, fuck it. But, but it has been good. Like I've been a person who like because there's no other activities, not that I watch anything else. I've been like watching <laughs> everything from like prelims to end. Yep. And I'm sitting here like there is. I'm and like in some of the fights, you're like, why am I watching this fight? I could I could do something. I was like, nah, we're gonna watch all of these. So like last night I was at my I was sitting there at eight like at well, like six, like mm, let's all right, let's number one, let's go. But um like when Invicta had a, their card on, I was like, let's fucking go. We're gonna watch this too. So I think Bellator is coming back. It's like I'm with you too. Let's go again. But like I think this it's is exciting. the most it, this is the most MMA that I've watched in years. Because I, I became like a, um, I consider myself like a hardcore fan, but I got to the point where like, oh, I'm sick of watching. It was like. Yeah, you get burnt out. You get burnt out. I have nothing, nothing to do but burn time and watch random MMA fights from like people who, the good thing, I think that one of the good things about the pandemic that we're seeing is that um, people, it's not great because like the regional scene is really suffering right now because they can't really get shows going. Yeah. Some are trying, but, you know, it's slow goings. But you're seeing some of those people who probably would have been on, like, a contender or, like, a low – they're almost there. They're getting a call-up. So that's exciting. But it's just also also fun because you're seeing people just go for broke. Yeah. There's been we, some good fights. Um, yeah. It's, it's been dope. All right. So – I'm not going to keep you much longer, but we do have the Mighty Minute to do, which is going to okay. be 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions, which I will definitely have opinions on. So let me pull up my clock. They're mostly harmless. I swear they're mostly harmless, but, like, yeah, I'm going to be opinionated about them. Okay. <laughs> so we got, like, 16 questions. We're going to open as many. We're going to ask as um, – see if we can get as many as possible. And I'll start when we first start the blah, 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 blah. I'll start when I ask the first question. Ready? Ready. All right. Morning or night person? Morning. What's the last movie you watched? Uh, I think Extraction on Netflix. Um, favorite color? Purple. Do you put the milk or the cereal in first? Oh, because I'm not a sadist. Definitely the cereal. <laughs> Thank you. How do you like your steak? Uh, super bloody and rare like my opponents. <laughs> squats or lunges um i do them both and i hate them both equally but uh squats i probably do more um bike or rollerblades 
Or the bike. I, I don't think I could be trusted on rollerblades. Hulu or Netflix? Netflix. Godfather or Scarface? Godfather. Grand Theft Auto or Tomb Raider? And then uh, I dressed up like Lara Croft for Halloween one year, so I got to pick Tomb Raider. All right, what age did you stop believing in Santa? Um, I never believed in Santa. I'm such a weirdo. Like, I never can remember a time. Um, regular pencil or mechanical pencil? Mechanical pencil. Um, wide rule or college rule? College rules. Oh, my God. Wide rule drives me insane. And what age did you get your license? Uh, 16. All right. We got just, we got just, we got 15 questions. Hey. Uh, we got it. We got it pretty good. Even with commentary. So bravo. I'm impressed. Okay. Oh, God. Let's start this damn timer. Okay, so now for uh, <clears throat> my thoughts. <laughs> all right, first of all, thank you for saying the cereal thing. I We have had people, like, showing posts, like, how do you do your cereal? Who the hell puts milk first and then throws cereal on top? I think, didn't Kylie Jenner do that in, like, a video? I remember Is that like about it, and I was like, people do that? You only put, like, cereal in if you're going back for a second bowl. That's the only acceptable time that and milk like, is I in like there. The, I'll drizzle, like, the milk over all of it so that, like, every piece can get, like... Yeah! <laughs> like, clearly people are fucking insane. And, like, the steak... Me and you are, like, on the same wavelength. Because, like, whenever I see a steak, anything past medium rare, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Especially if it's, like, a good cut of meat. And I'm big on... I always like to get steaks after a big fight with like a wake and stuff but just because it like i don't know it reinvigorates me i'm like oh um, the first time like i had a real like a good not like you know you go out like uh a chilies or something like that when you go to like a steakhouse you have a good steak and you're like why the fuck is steak sauce a thing and you're like eating it you're like oh i get it but like i went to a steakhouse and my friend ordered it like medium well and just sat there and stared for a solid five minutes like what's wrong you are a terrible person oh my god nothing beats like such a good cut like where it's just like perfectly cooked like that we we got a smoker and it's like my favorite invention Ooh, I, okay i can appreciate a smoker it, it makes steak taste like candy almost it's so good um let's see here squats and lunges you're right they're both trash um i hate my legs are so sore right now from like day yesterday where i did squats and lunges i will say that like i hate lunges more because there's a balance aspect that goes Yeah, yeah I think that's the reason why I'm like, mm, I do more of squats. With squats, you're like, this This sucks, but you, at least you're here. You, you're pretty stable, right? When yeah. you start lunging, it's like, oh, this can go a bunch of different ways. Yeah, and lunging, instead of just going up and down, you got to go forward, too. Yeah. See, it requires walking. Uh, we don't need any of that shit. Um, let's say rollerblades. Like, look, I tried rollerblading at the beginning of the pandemic and tried one time, gave my rollerblades away. Yeah, it sounds fun and like adorable. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Like, people rollerblading, but I was like, I don't think I could be trusted to not like tear my knees up or something. It's one of those things that you do, you like, you did as a kid that it, you just remember having so much joy from it. And then you try as an adult and you realize, like, oh, I'm aging. Yeah, it's, I was like, ah, that would kill my arthritis. Have you tried to go on trampoline anytime in the last couple of years? Um, no, because again, I don't trust myself. My my stepkids skateboard, and I'm like, they were like, you should try it, and I was like, no, because I'm not gonna quit until I get good at it, and like, we get we getting injured. <laughs> I tried to get on a trampoline. I want to say like a year or so ago. I've never been quite as exhausted so quickly 
in my life. I was convinced I was gonna blow my knees out too. Cause like you look you remember like as a kid, like, oh yes, it's fun. Nope. It is not yeah, now your skeletons like this is this is not the moves. Like this you and like I'm doing old people like, this is not stable. Like no, it's a fucking trampoline. Of course it's not stable. <laughs> um let's see, there's something else. The only thing that I like hardcore disagree with you about is like mechanical pencils. <laughs> why there's they're like they're they're like the most annoying thing of high one of the most annoying things about high school again i was a weird high school kid because no one ever had lead for those bitches they're always in there shaking their pencils if you you know the little container if you drop that thing you're you're done you're gone you always have like a 0.5 pencil but have 0.7 lead and then you try to do that thing where you think you can write with it and it breaks in your hand (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, not the moves. I always liked uh, writing in markers. <laughs> Did your teacher ever get on you about the color of pen or anything yeah, you wrote in? I, I always, um, I liked different color pens because, like, I like color in the world. <laughs> and, you know, they were black or blue only. Were you a gel pens kid? And then I liked the sparkle ones. And I still oh. like the sparkles. I was a, I was a, I feel like every, every, like, girl went through a gel pen period. Yep. And like, not just like plain gel pens. Oh no, you have the gel pens with sparkles. Mm-hmm. And you know, back when you actually wrote essays out instead of typed them, would write a five, you know, a five paragraph essay in blue sparkle. And my teacher would look at it, hand it back, write it back in pencils. Like, do you not understand what I just gave you? Yeah. I'm this trying to fun. spice up your life. You see lead all day. You should appreciate the sparkles. Fine, be basic all your life. Right, I love the sparkles. <laughs> Um, and like the college are wide ruled. Wide ruled such trash. I hate, like, I will literally like refuse to write on wide ruled. I don't know why. Like, it's always just know, it's, it's like a weird thing. And like, I never realized how small college rule, especially like now as I'm older, so I don't really need to write anything. I have notebooks for stuff like this, but like, I made the mistake of grabbing a wide ruled one, gave it away could could not even it was like why why is there so much space here yeah exactly (laughs) so again like as you see i have we have very odd peculiar ticks that like will pit like send me in a full rant mode but like mechanical pencils and wide roll like those together were like such a nightmare in class that's all i had in my bag i was like oh god the day is done like the day is over Fuck school. I'm not going to learn because all I'll be sitting here thinking about this shaky little lead on this big ass line. And that's it. That's all I got. Um, but um, thank you for co- talking to me today. This is super exciting. Um, what is, let everyone know your social media posts and about your blog so we can make sure to, all that will be in the comment. We'll put that in the links, but tell the people. For sure. Follow me on, um, I don't use Twitter as much, but my Twitter is WolfQueenMMA1. Um, and then my Instagram, I post a lot of like my butt cheeks. So, yep, you know, a lot of your ass out there. And then, yep. And then that's just WolfQueenMMA. Um, but I do post quite a bit on Instagram and um, my Facebook pages, Samantha the Wolf Queen Seth. And then my blog, WolfQueenMMA.com, where you can read about all my opinions on things as well. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we definitely like to share those posts. We'll be sharing some more. Um, so yeah, we're gonna I think that's it. Yay! Um, yeah, thank you for coming on. This is a blast. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.
Absolutely. So we're gonna.